welcome to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In this episode, we talk about omnichannel publishing with special guest Kevin Nichols of Avenue CX. Hi, I'm Sarah O'Keefe, and today I have Kevin Nichols joining me. Hey, Kevin. Hey, everybody. How are you doing over there? I'm doing well. I am hailing from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, so it's nice and sunny here today. <laughs> Excellent. So before we jump into Omnichannel, tell us a little about who you are and who Avenue CX is and what you all do. So I'm Kevin P. Nichols. I have been doing digital and content strategy now for, God, almost probably 25 years, or in digital and user experience content strategy, that type of work. I started this company with my business partner, Rebecca Schneider. We co-founded it in 2015, actually 2016. We specialize in inter- enterprise content strategy solutions. That Those can then dovetail into omnichannel content strategy, personalization. We do a lot of taxonomy work. We do solutions like federated search or uh, cross-channel customer journey content solutions or integrated customer experience content solutions. So we look, we work with large-scale global brands in standing up their content solutions across the enterprise. All of our clients are global. Um, they're all large brands, and they all have, for the most part, very complex content uh, issues that we are working to help them solve. What what is this omni-channel thing, right? You hear about omni-channel, also multi-channel and single channel, and are those all like flavors of the same thing, or is omni-channel something different? It's completely different. So let's start with omni-channel. So the way that I define omni-channel in 2022 is from the customer experience, because it needs to start with the customer experience. I would define it as seamless interaction from one customer touch point to the next throughout a brand's customer experience. So that means the customer has seamless interaction, whether he, she, or they are are uh, engaging with one touch point or another throughout that brand's customer experience. It comes from the Latin root omni, meaning all. So think omnivore, omnipotent, omniscient. It can also mean every. And then with channels. And channels here are not just digital channels. It's not just a website or a mobile app or a mobile device, it's also analog. So we have, for example, in-store as a channel, television as a channel, radio, believe it or not, as a channel, print is a very important channel. And there's a lot of research, for example, on the importance of print because print is permanent. Um, There's a permanence to print and there's all this research that uh, has been going on now for a while. Uh, SAPI, if you can get your hands on it, has an incredible book or research report they put out called the neuroscience of print or the neuroscience of touch rather. But print is another. Uh, Direct mail, for example, is a channel. So Omnichannel looks at whatever channels are necessary within the context of your customer's experience and how your customers engage with your brand and figuring out how to deliver them a seamless interaction as they go from one channel to the next. Now, when did this concept start? The term originates around, well, actually in 2010. And if you really want a good reading of uh, the history of Omnichannel, Savannah Louie in 2015 at Nectar Rom publishes a brief history of Omnichannel and positions this beginning at 2010. What happened in 2010 is you really get the proliferation of smartphones. And 
the necessity of people to be able to pull up. And you also have the technology to support smartphone functionality. So people want to be able to engage with brands on their smartphones as much as they are their desktop experiences, particularly in the West. And this means that they expect similar functionality to that as as they do their websites. If you go back, though, even further, we see uh, in the early 2000s, actually, Best Buy kind of pioneered this concept of developing a website that could also, um, they could, when the customer's in store, they had a website that would offer functionality that would recognize what the customer did in store and then tie that into their customer support. And they wanted to kind of rival Walmart and compete with Walmart. We call this assembled commerce. And this is kind of where it has its origins. I'm even going to go back further. And I'm going to go back to Martha Stewart Omni Media. She named her company Omni Media. And from a storytelling, narrative structure, and product placement perspective, I call Martha Stewart the mother of Omnichannel. She did cross-referential advertising where she took a cookbook and referred to it in her magazine and then did the same on her television show, created hooks and then created cliffhangers to tie it all together from the narrative and storytelling perspective, did it in this sort of omni experience before anybody else did, and then uh, built a whole platform around that and then tied that into the website once, you know, web started getting big. So I really credit her as sort of creating this sort of branded customer experience around Omni way back when. So this is where the foundations of Omnichannel began. Now there's key concepts that that comprise Omnichannel, and one of them is called single view of the customer. And single view of the customer means that no matter where the customer is, the brand or the organization or business has data points, they're going to be able to know what that customer's doing and how they're engaging with the brand. So from a data perspective, you know what they've purchased or you know what is in their shopping cart. Um, So if they're in store and they add something to their shopping cart and then they decide to check out online, you're able to track that. If they purchase something, you're able to make recommendations for what you might be able to cross-sell or upsell. You can offer support based on their previous purchases. If they have done one piece of support, you're able to offer them support um, based on what you previously supported, you know, et cetera. There's also integrated product inventory. They add something to shopping cart at home, they're able to pick it up in store. And then unified customer journey is another concept. So regardless of where they are within their customer journey, you're able to give them what they need and then push them from one stage of the customer journey to the next. So those are key concepts in Omnichannel. And then kind of capabilities that we're able to deliver upon in Omnichannel, self-service checkout in-store. So self-service checkout in-store, curbside pickup, which became huge in, in during COVID. So no, everybody during COVID uh, put their supply chain management in the cloud, which necessitated the need for content in the cloud, which necessitated the need for things like self-service, contactless types of engagement with the customer, this all sort of proliferated omni-channel capabilities, obviously. The notion of BOPIS, uh, buy online, purchase in store, contactless payment options. These are all things that existed in the omni-channel realm that have all kind of been fast-tracked because of, of uh, uh, COVID-19. Um, and then, you know, show store inventory online um, in real time, for example. That's all omni-channel capabilities and functionality. You, you see this getting more and more sophisticated, but I think COVID-19 definitely brought it much more 
in, in, into fruition. So I'm going to go back to the, the definition. It's a seamless interaction from one customer touchpoint to the next throughout a brand's customer experience. Now, multi-channel just means you're able to deliver content to more than one channel. You know, I can deliver content to a website. I can deliver content to a radio. It doesn't mean I've integrated that customer experience to where they're all interconnected. And I forget what what else you asked about. But, um, well, no, but I think I think that really, I mean, that's really the interesting point here, right? Is that when you talk about multi-channel, whatever, what we're talking about is a publisher or an author-centric view of the universe. Like I made this content and I can publish it to multiple channels. And what you're talking about is a holistic view of everything. Yes. Not just content, but, you know, customer interactions and e-commerce and all the rest of it and what that looks like across all these different potential platforms. Yes. The omni-channel lens takes it from the customer experience and works backwards from that. And in order to, to um, execute omni-channel correctly, you need to understand the customer journey. And then from that, specific customer tasks and what they're going to need. And then you're going to have to build a content operations model to be able to, to be able to deliver against that. And so you need things and it's complicated because it's not just from a content perspective, but you need omnichannel order fulfillment, for example. You need warehouse management systems. You need supply chain management optimization. But there's a lot that goes into it. And so these systems are complex. And one thing I tell people when I'm speaking on omnichannel, and I've been speaking about this before people, anybody in content strategy is talking about it. We go way back. Sapient, when I, where I worked before I started this, was kind of delivering some of the first omni-channel experiences out there, I think in 2012, you know, we did one for, uh, well, we were doing this for clients, but big, big box and, and big retailers. One of the things I say to folks is you may not be able to do this. And a lot of people that are smaller or smaller companies cannot do this, but there's lessons that be, can, can be learned from it. You can all understand your customers and try to build more customer centric experiences, but it certainly isn't for everyone because it does require a level of technology sophistication that not everybody's going to be able to execute. Yeah. So, so I think most of the people listening to this podcast are um, in the content world. So what does that look like? I mean, I, I kind of envision a scenario where we're, we're talking about people that are like, yeah, yeah, I've done multi-channel. I get that, but I'm being asked to take that next step and become more customer experienced focused and start thinking about these omni-channel issues. So what does it look like to establish or to plan content strategy for an omni-channel client or an omni-channel world? So let's go back to, and I forget when they pioneered the concept, but it, uh, mid 2000s. So NPR pioneering the concept of create once, publish everywhere. It's kind of being able to actualize that, right? So, um, but but take it a step further. So not just create once, publish everywhere, but create once, publish everywhere so that it's optimized for the customer and his, her, or their needs. So for example, you're able to anticipate what the customer needs in that particular channel. And you don't have to boil the ocean. You can say, okay, let's start small. Let's look at the customer journey and let's do some customer journey modeling and let's figure out what that customer needs if she comes into the store um, from a content perspective and let's deliver upon that. And let's create content specifically that's optimized for the channel. And let's create a publishing model that can support that. So let's go beyond the you know small, medium, large messaging that needs to support the the channels and let's develop some 
uh, channel-specific messaging that's optimized for that customer need. So that's what that looks like. If, if that gives you a little bit more of a, a flavor, and so it's pers- you like maybe using personalization and advancing that and and being channel specific based on the customer, and then doing some audiencing and figuring out how to layer persona or customer targets and customer target messaging onto it. Personalization can be a powerful tool to help you advance your omni-channel strategy as well. And if you have any type of personalization engine or or personalization tool, uh, you know, built into your content management system, whether that's a headless CMS or whether it's a more of a, like a Sitecore or Adobe Experience Manager, you know, you can then, you can really execute some of this quite well. Right. And I think that leads quite nicely into sort of the next topic, which is what about content operations? I mean, what does it look like to be worried about content ops in an omni-channel context? So you really have to understand your customer, your customer, and this is where insights becomes important. So it's not just, a, and data. So getting your data cleaned up, and so I'm hearing more and more from data folks about, it's not just data, it's structured data, it's the right data, and it's understanding how to leverage that data. So it's like having a data strategy similar to a content strategy, right? And then understanding those insights qualitatively and quantitatively in order to be able to make informed decisions around who your customers are and what they need, and then being able to figure out how to model a content operations around that to support that and stand that up. Um, So from a content operations perspective, it's how do we publish in a way that's going to be able to give our customers the content they need? And this is what I talk about, customer-centric content operations, to be able to publish in a way and, you know, Rahel Bailey has noted before, you know, you're not going to ever, I mean, she's not the only one that does this, obviously, but you can't eradicate silos, but you can ventilate them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's really important to think about, this is, and this is really, really tough. I just talked to Tony Byrne, of, or was in a meeting with Tony Byrne, and he talks a lot about this because of, and he's Real Story Group. They evaluate CMSs and across uh, CDPs and other types of technology solutions, but just the difficulty in doing that, like in, in getting all the different folks in the room and having them play nicely together to rally around the customer experience. It is a challenge, but in order to do this correctly, you've got to get those people in place across the different organizational units to figure out how to build an operations model that's going to be able to support that unified customer experience. So who typically leads this? I mean, if you're going into, (laughs) I know the answer is you, but if you're going into an organization, you have a client and let's say it's a, you know, some, it sounds as though, you know, retail certainly has been on the leading edge of some of this. Um, But you go in there, who's the executive that has the span of control to manage all of this? That's why I laughed because I wasn't laughing Mm -hmm. because it's because we go in and help businesses do this. I was laughing and and it's not like a, it's it's kind of like a, a like, hmm, a good question. Here's the reason why. This gets into who owns the budget and who owns the budget. Interestingly enough. A lot of the budgets for all of these types of engagements shifted out of marketing and they, they, they've, they've moved to customer experience. We're seeing them co-owned by CIOs, CX, and CTOs. And there's it's really interesting how this is going to play out. Um, so you get into personalization, you get into CDPs, you get uh, cross-data platform 
you get into all these types of things that are facilitating the necessity of all these different groups to be brought together, the jury's still out. I mean, I think it's going to be a hybrid between customer experience and technology. I mean, obviously, technology shouldn't own it. And data. I mean, it's interesting. And the jury is still out. Uh, CIOs are making a, a play for this as well. You know, Forrester uh, and a lot of the a lot of the analysts, McKinsey did a report on like the the advancement of CX. There was a there was a lot of reporting that came out a couple of years ago that customer experience, that budgets were shifting to customer experience, as the emphasis was from from marketing, as the emphasis was placed on the the importance of customer experience, and this elevated by the way the role of technical content, technical documentation, self service content, help content, all this kind of stuff, which was great for us, right? But it also meant that the the waters got really blurred. And when you start laddering in all of this cross-functional technology, cross-functional business requirements and needs for things like Omnichannel, it becomes difficult to say who does own these budgets. So we do a lot of enterprise engagements and we've been asked to do more and more. And so when you get into something like governance, who owns governance across the enterprise for content? You know, it's a really good question. So what, I mean, that sounds like one of them, but what are some of the biggest obstacles that you run into uh, other than apparently a, let's see, a problematic diffusion of responsibilities across executives and, you know, some questions yeah, about ownership, which that well, sounds plenty challenging on its in, own. But... In traditional retail, I was going to caveat this, in traditional retail, most of these larger companies, and some of them have a chief omni officer, like, okay, the more, the ones that have been doing it for a while, like Macy's, Nordstrom's, they actually have departments to do this and, and they're, and they're situated and they're, they stand it up well, but in newer ones, it is, it is that have had the traditional uh, organizational matrices, you know, they don't have a chief digital office and it's not just digital by the way, because there is that other element, like I said, but the ones that are coming from a brick and mortar structure that adopted omnichannel early on, they've kind of set it up so that it can be successful and they're doing it well. It's the ones that are the later adopters that are seeking real challenges with us, I think. So there are, and a lot of marketing does have omni-channel departments in a lot of bigger companies, but it is definitely a challenge. I think the biggest challenges are silos, are um, data is another huge, huge challenge. And data is like, a lot of companies are moving away from data warehouses, data lakes. Um, they're trying to do these more integrated data solutions. but the the being able to harness data from all these different systems report out on it have clean data have structured data have a good data strategy that integrates across the platforms and then execute that that's a huge challenge for a lot of companies that's another really key challenge uh integrated content strategy across the platforms is a huge challenge personalization remains a huge challenge and personalization is to to do this successfully you need to be able to adopt strong personalization capabilities if you want to take it to the next level because you got to personalize content and, and offer that within your customer experience. So I would say those are key challenges. And then there's an infrastructure challenge if you're going to be really mature about it, right? You and it's expensive. So what do you what do you see as the biggest opportunities? I mean what things are you seeing that are new and different and interesting that you're excited about that you're looking forward to working on over the next bit? 
I think the biggest opportunities, I think the emphasis on customer experience, I think the emphasis on like loyalty, ret- customer retention, a shift from just customer acquisition to one on really helping cus- stand customers up so they're successful. So if you look at the, like Havas uh, does Meaningful Brand Index and they, they're the ones that came up with the concept and I've been following them for over a decade and I talk about them all the time, but I think they're up to like 73% of consumers could care if brands were to go away tomorrow. They're important because one of the things that they also do is they talk about, well, what makes brands meaningful? And the buzzword of 2022 is help content, self-service content, and content that's going to help people benefit or improve their lives, but also anything out there that that helps them, right? And whether that's self-servicing their needs or whether that's improving, you know, something they need to improve, help content is really important. So I think this emphasis on the customer and they're they're growing their relationship with the organization has made organizations realize they've got to do more investment in how they think about their customers and their customer experience. And this is exciting because they are doing more of an emphasis on customer journey and, and, and more of an emphasis on content that's going to be situated around positioning the customer to be successful. And all of this, and omnichannel is getting bigger. You're hearing it more and more. It is it has definitely gotten traction after the pandemic. And so businesses are taking seriously, even ones that can't execute all. So I gave you sort of the ideal omnichannel model. If you look at Nordstrom, if you look at like Walmart, Nordstrom, uh, Best Buy, I mean, some of these, the you know, Sephora always ranks like in the top 10 for doing this really well. These are brands that have infrastructures in place that are set up to do this <laughs> remarkably well. But smaller companies are taking lessons learned from it and learning how to adopt that. And even B2Bs are, are taking lessons learned and developing mechanisms to develop a more long tail strategy from a business perspective to develop a more singular view of the customer, you know? So I'm excited about all that. I'm excited about the emphasis placed on the customer journey and, you know, understanding how they can use that to develop more optimized content solutions to develop that. And I'm also really excited about the emphasis placed on content operations. You know, when supply chain management got moved into the cloud for a lot of businesses and contactless became an imperative, it elevated the role of, of necessitating a content operations that was going to support that. So in businesses started investing more and more in on that. And I'm sure you saw an uptick of that as well. And this all means that we're taking content more seriously throughout the content life cycle and value chain for businesses. Well, on that optimistic note, I think I'm going to close us out. Uh, Kevin, thank you for being here. That was really, really fun. And thank you to our audience for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links. 